Thank you. I hope you can hear me, Brother Kenneth. Yes, very clearly, Brother. Praise God. Let us bow our heads and let us come before God to wait upon Him to speak to us. Pour out your spirit. Pour out your spirit. Pour out your spirit on me. Pour out your spirit. Pour out your spirit. Pour out your spirit on us. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus and we ask you to pour out your spirit upon us, Lord God. Father, your children have come from different lands, each one in their own homes, tuned today to hear from you. We pray in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, whatever you have in store will go forth in power. It will accomplish the purpose for which it is sent forth. And we pray that every home will receive your word that there will be rejoicing today. There will be turning arounds today. There will be commitments made today. There will be bonds made today. And Father, we pray in the name of Jesus, Lord God. Lord, rekindle the fire that each and everyone has today, Lord God, that they will make a decision to trust you, to put their hope upon you, because you are a miracle-working God. Father, we pray that there will be no disturbance in any form, Lord God, through waves, Lord God, even to overseas, everyone will hear it clearly, Lord God. Father, we surrender this message into your hands. I'm just an instrument, Lord God. Speak to your children, for we are ready to listen. In Jesus' name we pray. And God's children say, Amen. Praise the Lord. It's nice to see wonderful faces, smiling faces all over the world from everywhere. And mm -hmm. it is really, truly it's the grace of God, even during this time of pandemic, God has brought us together. Even though viruses, plagues, disease can come, but God keeps his children together. Amen. Um, today is a very special day, actually. Today is a day called the day for senior citizens. So I would like to address all those brothers and sisters today, if you have past the milestone of 60, if you're past the milestone of 60 and God has kept you safe, I want to thank God for your lives. I know there is a very dear lady to my heart in our, in our midst also, uh, Pastor Leslie's mother, very dear to me. I pray that every person above 60, I may not know you by names, but there are many smiling faces that I can see. That I know that you have crossed the threshold. I pray that God will protect you. No powers of darkness will ever come against you. God will preserve you. He will watch over your going and coming. The food that you eat, he will bless. The water that you drink, he will bless. The air that you breathe, he will bless in Jesus' name. Praise God. Now I want to talk a little bit to the ones above 60. I finished the senior citizens and now getting on to those who are above 60. I want to share something about you. What is the first thing, those of you who are above 50, you remember your young age when you were young. 
and when you did something wrong or when something bad happened, what is the first thing you ever did as a little child? The first thing that we all did is we ran and we hid because we did something wrong and we are scared. I'll give you a good example. I remember I was very naughty in my childhood, very, very naughty. Every time complaints came to my parents. And I remember at one special occasion, you know when parents call you as a child, if they say, sonna boy, my son, my darling, you mean you have done something good, everything is okay. But suddenly if you heard your parents say, Claudia, come here, you know you're in trouble. The voice modulation says why your father is calling you or why your mother is calling you. On one occasion, my father's voice was heard and I heard the voice, come here. I knew I'm in trouble. I knew I did something wrong, but I never knew which one because I did a lot of wrong as a child. I was very mischievous. Either maybe someone came and complained that I, I robbed coconut, I mean, uh, mangoes from that tree or someone came and complained, I beat up somebody. So I never knew why the call was. And my dad, very clever man, while I entered the room, I seen he had a neem stick. He, plunged, he plucked a branch of neem. And as he was taking away the leaves, I knew I'm in trouble. I knew I'm going to have flogging. And my dad would talk me and slowly as he's talking to me, he will take me to the corner without even raising his hands. And I will be in the corner. And as he raises the stick, the first word that comes from my mouth, no daddy, no daddy, I will never do wrong. I will be a good boy. And when the first stroke hit me from daddy, it will go, my Jesus, help me. My Jesus, save me. So whenever we are in the corners, whenever we have no place to run, only then we remember Jesus. When the first flog comes, until then we think we can talk our way. So keeping that in mind, I know I'm talking to many of you who have got flogging, just like me. I remember Brother Matthew always sharing how he used to be beaten by his daddy. Matthew, I love you. Now, my title for today's message, Know Where to Run. That's my title. Know Where to Run. I'm taking it from Exodus chapter uh, 14, verses 1 to 31. Keep your Bibles open. And if you remember last week, there was a message, a very beautiful message given, crossing over the other side. When I heard our pastor give that message, I called and I told him, Pastor, that's a, that's a prophetic message because this message which I, which I prepared today was prepared one month ago and it's exactly the same of what you heard last week. Maybe a little bit of a continuation. So if you were there last week, you will find me talking in line with last week's message. Okay, let me give you a small story, an illustration of what took place of Exodus chapter 14, verses 1 to 31. Here is the story. Pharaoh had finally given Moses permission to lead the people out of Egypt. But once they started on their journey, Pharaoh changed his mind. He realized that he had lost the service of the slaves. He realized now the Israelites have left the land. My people have to work. 
I don't have free labor. So Pharaoh decides with his cabinet, he says, let us arrange the army and let us pursue after the Israelites. The Israelites had come to the bank of the Red Sea and they had set up camp in a place called Pai Ariot. All of a sudden, they noticed that the army approaching them, more than 600 chariots in full pursuit. They began to realize now that they were facing a very impossible situation. No possible way of escape. In front of them was the Red Sea. Behind them was the Egyptian army. They had nowhere to turn, nowhere to run. It appeared to them their only option was to be killed in the battle fighting against the Egyptian or get drowned trying to swim across the Red Sea. Their backs were against the wall now and they didn't know what to do. My brother and I want you to bear with me today because we have children with us. We have little children with us and I've decided that I have to even minister to them as much as I want to minister to you, God's word. I also have these little children with us. So keep in mind, we have them. So that's the reason I will be having slides so that the children will enjoy the message and God will speak to them also. Now, before looking at it from God's point of view, for a moment, I want to see this situation from the Israelites' point of view. I've showed you the case. I've looked, I showed you the story of what happened. I want to now show what from the Israelites' point of view. The Egyptians were their master for 400 years. Some of them were their neighbors and even friends because many of them worked in the Egyptians' houses. And as you know very well, we know the story of Joseph, that when Joseph worked with them, he was there in their midst. Suddenly, here comes Moses, who they know as a murderer, according to them, because after 40, 40 years, Moses comes back from nowhere and he brings them a message from God. According to them, this fellow is a murderer. And now he's bringing the message from God and he says, listen people and they take time to listen to moses he says god has commanded me to come and take you to deliver you from egypt and take you to the promised land they take time they listen anyway in obedience they they left egypt in faith in god and they trusted moses i want you to i want you to visualize this they had children with them they had elderly parents and elderly people in their midst. They had pregnant women in their midst. They had little babies in their midst. And they were on this journey. And now they are facing the Red Sea. Think of it. If you were there, you obeyed God. You did everything God wanted you to do. And you said, okay, I will go out in faith. And suddenly you are now facing a situation. And what would you think? They felt they did everything that God wanted them to do. And they felt now death was at hand. In front is the Red Sea. Behind them is the Egyptian armies. They would have thought, we are going to die. 
what what do you think would you have done in that situation if you were in the same situation you would have said i obeyed god all my life i prayed i read the bible i went to church i did everything and now look at me i'm going to die with these people or you might be thinking i have just lost my job i have lost a loved one i've, I've lost everything i obeyed god in keeping this now i want to turn the picture i want to, to look at it from god's point of view i gave you a summary i showed you what the israelites thought now let us look at it from god's point of view they were exactly where god wanted them to be exactly where god wanted them to be they were today i'm going to look at how we can deal with a situation that seems impossible to you many of you here are today facing some type of red sea in your life things are looking hopeless you don't know where to turn you don't know how to run you don't know what to say there are five spiritual truths in the story that i want you to hang on i'm going to give you five spiritual truths and i guarantee you in the name of jesus if you apply these five spiritual truths god will give you the grace to pass over your red sea hold on to the spiritual truth remember last week's message crossing over and i'm going to give you five spiritual truths when your back is against the wall and you have nowhere to turn and you are faced with an impossible situation the first thing number one for point number one remember god's purpose will be fulfilled through our problems let me say that again remember god's purpose will be fulfilled through our problems the event in your life do not happen by accident god is in control of everything that is happening around you god has a purpose to bring the israelites to the red sea he had a purpose the same way god has a purpose to bring you to face your red sea god wants to accomplish two things he wants to accomplish two things number one he wants he wants to make his glory known god wants to make his glory known we see that in verse four and number two he wants to teach you to trust him that's in verse 31 the question is are we willing to trust god now let us go to verse four the bible says in verse four please open your bibles and see it but i will gain glory for myself through pharaoh and all his armies and the egyptians will know that i am the lord amen we all know how the story ends that was god's plan all along because of the result of this experience let us look at verse 31 and see what the bible says in 31 the bible says in verse 31 and when the israelites saw the great power the lord displayed against the egyptians the people feared the lord and put their trust in him and in moses his servant when the people seen it they now put their trust in god my brethren this red sea that you are facing today has a purpose in your life amen 
God will use it to glorify himself and to strengthen the bond between you and him. Can I hear an amen? God will bring you through with faith stronger than you ever had before. This is God's purpose in your life. Amen. amen. My second point is when you're facing the Red Sea, the second point, do not panic. Look at it from God's perspective. When you're facing the Red Sea, do not panic. Look at it from God's perspective. Many of us, when, when we are cornered with no way to go, the first thing we do is we panic with fear and we begin to fall in pieces. What happens when fear fills us? What happens when fear fills us? We lose focus on God and start seeing things from a worldly point of view. Immediately, what we do, we, we go to plan A, we have a plan B, we have a plan C to get us out of a situation. We say, I'm not going to wait any more longer. I cannot take this any more longer. I have did everything. I'm going to do it my way. I want to do it my way. Brethren, when fear enters us, faith goes out of the window and we begin to doubt God. We begin to doubt his word. We immediately become angry with God. And even to those that love us, we become angry. And we don't give them a chance to help us when we are going through. Because we, get, we go into an isolation. We hibernate ourselves immediately and we don't allow anyone to help us. When the Israelites looked up and saw the Egyptians army approaching at a distance, do you know what was their response? They panicked. The Bible says, look at verse 11. The Bible says in verse 11, they said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? It's amazing that this would be their attitude. They forgot and with all they witnessed all, all that God did in their lives. They forgot about it and they were now convinced that the end is come. Many of us, when we face our Red Sea, we panic and we forget all that God has done in our lives from the day we were conceived in our mother's womb. We forget everything. How he watched us as a little child that we went to school. It was him who protected us when we came back from school. And in those days, we all walked to school. And it is God's protection. Now when, when we, we face our Red Sea, we forget everything that he has done. You have come into this land. You are being blessed. You think you came because of your education? Your qualification brought you? No, it is God who brought you through. So now when you face your Red Sea, why are you afraid? When fear enters us, faith goes out. We begin to doubt the word of God. Immediately we become angry. When the Israelites looked up and they saw the Egyptian army, they panicked. My second thing is scripture I want to show you. Verse 12, they went on to say, it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Many times when bad things happen to us, we immediately hibernate and we go back to our old life because we are happy with our old, old life. 
Many of us do the very same thing. When something bad happens to us, or when something bad happens to our family members, immediately we, we, we turn and we look at people, we start finding fault with everyone, and curses, pointing fingers begin to flow. We forget who we are, and we respond in anger. Immediately we respond in anger because we are now in a, in a situation that we never expected to be. The Bible says, be angry, but do not sin in your anger. I have failed miserably in this area. Very miserably I failed. I pray that that will not be your portion in Jesus' name. Make sure, I would request you to just silence your, mute your mics, please. Do not reply back immediately. Take a moment. It will save you a lot. It will save you a lot. This makes us lose God's perspective on a situation when we begin to say, I don't want to face my Red Sea. I don't want to face Pharaoh. I don't want to face the army. Let me go back to Egypt and just resume my life as a slave. I'd rather be a slave than to be set free. God doesn't want that for you and me, my brother. Amen. He doesn't want you to settle for second best. He doesn't want you to run from crisis. He wants you to face it with courage and with conviction that he will see you through. Can I hear an amen? God will see you through in Jesus' name. My third point as you face your Red Sea, trust on God's promises. Learn to trust on God's promises. The only way to trust God's promises is to know his word. Many of us, the reason we are not able to bring out the promises is because we do not know the word of God. The word of God or the Bible is always kept on a shelf. It's kept in a book rack or it's kept on the altar. When bad things happen, then we open the Bible. Or once in a day or once in a week, we take the Bible, brush it around, kiss it, put it back. The job of our, our work is done. I want to tell you something. Suppose, just pay attention, I want to share this with you. Suppose, and you have been praying for something for a long time. And suddenly, as you're praying, an angel of the Lord appears to you. And says you, tells you, my son, my daughter, you have been praying for this for a long time. Your answer is going to come. On the 12th month of this year, you will get your answer for what you are being prayed. But, the angel says, but, you need to do one thing. There's a guarantee that you are going to receive your answer, but you need to do one thing. The angel says, you need to pray daily, read the word of God. That's all. You meditate on his word, you talk to him daily. There is a guarantee that your prayer will be answered on the 12th month. Will not you do it? You say God has spoken to you. You say the angel appeared to you. You say, hey, God has sent this messenger. Will not you, you, you keep praying and reading the Bible for the next four months because you know it as a guarantee for your, for, for your prayer? No, the same thing I want to tell you something. Why are you afraid of your future can't you believe God's word? 
God has promised in Deuteronomy in, in many places. I'll just give two scriptures. In Deuteronomy 31, verse 6 and verse 8, he says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. He says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And even in Joshua chapter 1, verse 9, he says, I will go with you. Yeah, God has spoken to us. We don't need an angel to come and tell us. He has written it in his word that I will never leave you when you are facing your Red Sea. We can endure just anything if we know the outcome of it. However, one of the most difficult aspects of facing your Red Sea, pay attention, is dealing with feelings of hopelessness and helplessness. You need to be very careful. When we are facing our Red Sea, most of the time we go through the situation of dealing with hopelessness and helplessness. And that's the reason many women struggle in this area. When you're facing an impossible situation, it looks like everything is falling apart. Remember one thing. I want to tell you, I want you to tell the person next to you in your home, wherever you're sitting down, remember one thing. Tell that person beside you, remember one thing. Have you told that to your wife? Have you told that to your husband? Tell them one more thing. Just hold on to God's promises. Tell them that. Hold on to God's promises. So what is his promise? What is his promise? Moses spoke to the people. Look at verse 13 and 14. We are going to see what was God's promise. Look at verse 13 and 14. The Bible says, don't be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring to you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You only, you need only be still. My brethren, I want to encourage you with one thing. If there's any scripture that you want to put on your wall, write the scripture, write it on an A4 size paper, paste it on the wall. Every time you face a Red Sea, read the scripture out. Read it out and it will give you strength. God has promised Israel two things. God promised Israel two things. Number one, he promised them that their problems would be completely eradicated. He promised them, your problems will be eradicated, he said. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see them again. We have a tendency, pay attention, we have a tendency, the moment we have a problem, we put a small band-aid on our problem. Or we sweep it under the rug and we hide it from everybody. We think that nobody knows what we are going through. Our God has promised to remove it, my brothers. Don't push your problem under a rug. Don't put a band-aid on it. God says, I will remove it, means he will do it. He is not a liar. The second one, God, he promised to fight for them. He says, I will fight for you. Without his help, the Israelites didn't have a chance. Neither do you and I have a chance. Without God, we can do nothing. We need God in our battle. We need God wherever we are. He has promised to be there for us. He has promised to fight for us. But what we do, 
we want to fight our own battle we want to do it with our own strength because we cannot wait waiting is impossible for us waiting upon god is the most impossible thing for us that we jump into our own ways in order to cross your red sea in order to cross your red sea you know you need to learn to rely on god's promises now what does it mean to rely what does it mean to rely relying on god's promises involves three things to rely on god's promises requires three things number one fear not next slide my brother fear not the word fear not appears in the bible more than 50 times you can thank you my brother more than 50 times it appears moses said fear not i want you to tell your the, the person beside you fear not god is with you tell that person that fear not god is with you amen the second thing we need to do is stand firm don't compromise your honor don't give up don't run don't hide stand and face your situation i want you to tell your loved one stand and face it in jesus name and if you don't have anyone in with you at this moment you can shout it out on the top of your voice i will stand and face it in jesus name if you don't have anyone shout it out into the air principalities will hear it the third one the, the third thing you need to do is be still now of course being still does not mean you do nothing and say god told me to be still i'm not going to do anything no moses is not talking about your body he's talking about your heart being still involves blocking all distraction placing your focus on the promises of god even more placing your focus on god himself amen your mics please i want you to tell your neighbor this pay listen carefully and then tell it to your neighbor okay be still don't fear god will take you through your red sea tell your neighbor be still don't fear god will take you through your red sea i want to give i want to give a promise for those of you who said it in faith it will be your portion in jesus name amen that will be your portion because in faith you have confessed it and you will receive it in jesus name my fourth point quickly learn to rest in god's protection during your time of your red sea learn to rest in god's protection when the israelites began their journey they were led by the cloud by day and by fire by night when they arrived at the bank of the red sea and pharaoh's army was closing in the cloud now slowly moved behind the israelites camp between the israelites and the egyptians i want to look at your bible turn to verse 20 quickly verse 20 the bible says throughout the night the cloud brought darkness to one side and light to the other side so neither went near the other all night long pay attention please remember god had still not yet performed the miracle for the hebrew people that was still coming later the miracle has still not happened 
but until then i want you to pay attention but until then they were under the rest and the protection of the almighty god the miracle had not yet happened but still the protection was there i'm going to show it to you there's an interesting verse look at verse 19 turn your bible to verse 19 and let us see what the bible says the word of god says then the angel of god who had been traveling in front of the israel army withdrew and went behind the angel that was at the front now slowly withdrew and went how would the israelites reacted when they saw the cloud floating away i want you to think of it i want you to visualize it think that you were there standing before the red sea what would you have said when you knew that the cloud that went before you for these 26 27 days and now you can see the cloud that was in front of you slowly moving back what you would have said the first thing i want you to visualize it oh my god's presence is leaving me immediately oh maybe i did some sin oh some sin i did god is leaving me immediately we go to that oh now i'm on my own god has forsaken me now i'm on my own maybe i said something to my wife i said something to my husband i said something to my children i said something to my boss i said i said i said god's presence is leaving me and we start to whine then last we say oh i should not have trusted him i should not have trusted him and come look at the situation what has happened to me i trusted him and now his presence is leaving me it may have appeared in that way for the first but the cloud moved behind them and protected them all night long on the back never condemn yourself or anyone when god is working around you and you are unable to see it let me say that never condemn yourself or anyone around you in your family when you are not able to see god working behind the scene as you face an impossible situation in your life there is sometimes you need to keep one thing in mind no matter how bad the situation is you must look at your situation through the eyes of faith in spite of the difficulty god is protecting you until the day he parts your red sea amen when you stand let me say that again when you're standing before your red sea and if you see if you're not able to see the presence of god for some reason do not panic because god is protecting you till he parts the red sea for you amen my fifth point my fifth point my final point is trust and reach for god's power trust and reach for god's power i want you to turn your bibles to uh, verse 16 and let us look at verse 16 the bible says raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the israelites can go through the sea on dry ground i want you to meditate on this very carefully god want to deliver you from the impossible situation you're facing my brothers and sisters he wants to part your red sea for you for that to happen pay attention very important in order for your red sea to part you have to stretch forth your hand 
and reach for God's power. Pay attention. The staff that Moses carried symbolized God's power in his hand. It was a symbol. When God first called Moses, he told Moses, throw down the staff that is in your hand. And it became a snake. He told Moses, pick it up by the tail. And when he picked it up, it became a staff again. The staff was not anything to do with magic, please. When we are children, we used to think that maybe because of magic. It symbolized the power of God. Every time he raised the staff and he raised his hands and when he pronounced, things happened. God was saying to Moses, you hold my power in your hand. If you are willing to reach, you will witness a miracle. If you're willing to reach, that's the reason, my brothers and sisters, it's very important. Sometimes when we come to church or we go to a leader, we know the leader's anointed. We allow the leader to lay his hands because there is anointing and there is power in the hand when a leader lays it and prays for us. That's the reason it's important also, if you do not know the life of a person, don't allow them to place their hands on you because whatever is on him comes to you. As long as you know the man is walking right before God. Now, brethren, Moses had a staff in his hand. Pay attention. Moses had a staff in his hand. What is it that you are having? What is it that you are having with you? God's power is available to you also. You have the word of God in you. You have the word of God in your heart. If you are willing to speak to your situation, you will experience a miracle. If you are willing to speak to your situation, you will experience a miracle. Can I hear an amen? He has put his word into your heart. God has put his word into your heart. Moses had the staff. You have the word of God. God has put his spirit into you. God has put his Holy Spirit in you. What more do you and I want? We have the word of God. We have the Holy Spirit of God. Getting to the other side of the Red Sea requires you to speak. Speak it out. Speak it out boldly. Speak it out in faith. And when you speak in faith, God will honor you in Jesus' name. It requires you to move in faith like you never moved before. It requires you to speak God's word more than you ever done before. To take a bolder step that you have never taken before. My brethren, I don't know what impossible situation you're facing today, but I know this. If you reach for God's power today, he will supply it to you. Can I hear an amen? He will take you through your Red Sea. You will cross your Red Sea because you believe in a supernatural God. My brethren, what is the Red Sea you're facing? I want to ask you. I do not know. Is it your job? You have lost, lost your job? Is it because of pay cut? I don't know what's your Red Sea. Is it a financial situation at your home? Is it somebody who is very sick that you know of? or that you are you're sick, or a family member, or a loved one? Is your Red Sea 
your future plan that you do not know what's going to happen to you. You are standing at the brink of waiting to see what's your future plan. Is your Red Sea an education that you are failing continuously? We had a beautiful testimony from our brother Georgie many years ago. Many years ago, beautiful testimony. All at once he passed all the subjects. That is God. The moment he put his faith and trust in God, he was able to pass the Red Sea. I don't know how many of you are like our brother here, waiting to pass your Red Sea. Is it education? Is it crisis at home? There's a misunderstanding constantly with husband and wife, constant infeeling between children. Children are not taking care of you. You are thrown somewhere. You're, you're waiting for your children to be a blessing to you. Your children are not a blessing to you. Sometimes children are thinking, my parents have thrown me, put me in a boarding, I'm lonely. Another Red Sea for many people, pay attention. Another Red Sea for many people is loneliness. Being alone, you might be in your family. You might be surrounded by mommy, daddy, brother, sister, uncle, auntie, everyone, but you will be lonely. You will feel that loneliness with you. Sometimes your Red Sea could be separation from everything. Maybe your, your Red Sea is the fruit of the womb. You're waiting for God to bless you with the fruit of your womb. You're on your verge. My brothers, remember this. Pay attention. It, it only seems impossible to you, but for God, it is simple. What is supernatural to you and me is natural to God. Pay attention. What is supernatural to you and me, it's natural to God. Ask the Lord to open your eyes today. You will be able to see the armies of the Lord on the hills. In 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 15 and 17, we don't need to go there. Elisha prayed, Lord, open my servant's eyes. Open it. He sees an army. But when God opened the servant's eyes, see, I want, you, I want you to pay attention. The armies of the Lord were there, was only visible to the man of God, but not to the servant. Until the moment the man of God prayed for the eyes of the servants to be opened, he was able to see the armies of God on the hills. Around you are the armies of the living God. Ask God to open your supernatural eyes to see the supernatural in you that you will never be afraid you are not alone can i hear an amen god is with you you don't have to fight your battle alone you don't have to conquer your red sea allow the lord to fight it and you enjoy the victory in closing you need to only be still lift up your hands that's the reason i always encourage people when you're in the house of God, when you're worshiping God, lift your hands. There is power. The moment you lift your hands and you pronounce, you pronounce, you call forth, you bring forth life. From the stump comes life because you have now raised your hand. When you raised your hands, you're telling God, it's not about me. It's about you. I surrender myself and you are the creator of the heavens and the earth. It is you who called me. Lord, I pronounce healing. I pronounce deliverance. And what you confess today will be your portion in Jesus' name because you have not raised your hands to an idol. You have raised your hands to a living God, the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. My brothers and sisters, he will take you through your Red Sea today. Amen. 
I call upon Samuel to sing us a song. And if you know the song, can you put it on the screen, my brother? Samuel, put your mic on and let us just sing the song and sing it out. If you want to raise your hands, raise it. If you want to kneel down, kneel down. If you want to stand, stand. Let us sing the song to the Lord. Yes, Samuel, go ahead. sisters we just sang that song if God carried the sins of the world upon himself and took it to the cross your circumstances your river 
your sea is nothing for God. It is nothing for God. Amen. I want us to bow our heads in prayer. I'm going to pray now. And if you want to lift your hands before God, you want to kneel before God, you want to stand, do what you, what, what you feel comfortable. And I want you to take your Red Sea before God today. Whatever be your Red Sea. I want you to take the Egyptian army before God. Take your situation before God. And you're going to tell God, God, I'm lifting up my hands because your word is true. You are a true God and you will answer it. Let us pray. Father, we remember your purpose will be fulfilled through our problems. Whatever purpose you have, Lord God. Father, we are facing our Red Sea. Your word says that you will bring us through and you will fulfill it. Father, give us the grace that we will not panic, Lord. Give us the grace that we will look at it from your perspective, Father. Give us the grace, Lord God, that we will not panic and not nothing wrong will come out of our mouth. We will not find fault at anybody. We will not condemn anyone. We will not find fault with you, Lord God. Father, give us the grace to trust on your promises. You said, don't fear. You said, stand firm. You said, be still. Father, give us grace that we will be able to trust in your promises. We will be able to trust in you. Father, your word says to, to learn to trust in because you are protecting us, Lord God. Father, we will learn and we will, we will be still to know that your protection is there upon our lives. You protected your children, Master. Lord, I pray everyone who's listening to this message, Lord God. Father, whatever be their situation, Lord God, give them the grace to reach out to you today. Give them the grace to trust you. Give them the grace to call out your name, to call Jesus, have mercy upon me. Father, give them the grace to reach out for your power because you have said, Lord God, that you have given us the Holy Spirit, Lord God. Holy Spirit, we thank you. Enable us, help us to reach out to you today, to call upon your name. And Lord, we pray that our Red Seas will part today, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Whatever be the situation, Lord God, that our family is going through, our children are going through, our parents are going through, job situations, Lord, part our Red Sea. Give us the grace, grace to trust in you, Lord God. Father, we say thank you for everyone who has listened today. Father, we pray that what you have sown today will bring forth, Lord God, 30%, 60%, and 100% to the glory of your name alone, to the glory of your name alone. Father, we say thank you. Let your children, as they go and as they go about doing that thing, that they will meditate upon your word and your word will bring health to them. It will bring strength to them, Lord God. We say thank you for hearing our prayer. In Jesus' most precious and exalted name we pray. And God's children say, Amen. Amen.